When I grow up, I want to work for a woke company. Like super woke. When I grow up. When I grow up, I want to be hired based on what I look like rather than my skills. I want to be judged by my political beliefs. I want to get promoted based on my chromosomes. When I grow up, I want to be offended by my coworkers and walk around the office on eggshells and have my words policed by HR. Words like grandfather, peanut gallery, long time no see, no can do. When I grow up, I want to be obsessed with emotional safety and do workplace sensitivity training all day long. When I grow up, I want to climb the corporate ladder. Just by following the crowd. I want to be a conformist. I want to weaponize my pronouns. What are pronouns? It's time to grow up and get back to work. Introducing the number one woke-free job board in America, redballoon.work. Hey everyone, Michael Thiessen here. You are listening to Open Mic with Michael Thiessen. This show is produced by Liberty Coalition Canada in partnership with Christian Week. Liberty Coalition Canada exists to establish Christ's justice and righteousness and to defend those who stand. Christian Week exists to provide a practical, balanced, hope-filled perspective on national and global issues. So if you want to support our work in podcasting, head over to libertycoalitioncanada.com backslash donate and click the analysis box. Donations there are submitted directly to Christian Week. And we have today with us our friend in, uh, in the front lines, lawyer James Kitchen, our chief litigator. And if you want to help support our legal and advocacy work, head over to Liberty Coalition Canada backslash donate and click other designations and you will have the opportunity to support worthy causes. James, thanks for coming on. You are joining me today in order to to talk about a very specific worthy cause, and that is the representation of our young Josh Alexander. James, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me again. So everybody, uh, if I have bags under my eyes and I'm not in my normal location, that is because I have been the chaplain and uh, teaching fellow at the Ezra Institute this summer, and we are just finishing up one of our Worldview Leadership Academies. I want to give a shout out to the Ezra Institute. Go check out the Ezra Institute.ca or Ezra Institute.ca and learn about our training programs in order to raise up new young people. James, actually, you're going to be getting an email this week from a young woman who has been uh, hearing about our legal representation of Christians. And she said, I want to do that. How do I do that? And so you're going to get an email from her. So everybody, Worldview Leadership Academies, the Ezra Institute, we want to train young adults in order to have them get out into the real world and serve Christ. So James, how are you doing? I'm doing good. <laughs> what have you been up to? <laughs> Everybody, uh, my internet here has a little bit of a lag. So if James and I have that dead air, you can just laugh at us. Uh, that's that's perfectly fine. Uh, James, how are you doing? Obviously, our listeners know that I have set up this uh, episode, giving them a heads up because we spoke to Gabe Wrench last week, or I spoke to him, about a Christian <laughs> – 
taking uh, the government or government leaders to court. And I talked with him about that and the potential of us doing that. So why don't you talk a little bit about the Gabe Wrench story, just to remind our listeners, and then we'll get into what we're talking about today. So I'm going to give my take on this. You know, as a Canadian constitutional lawyer, my take on this is, is I'm pleasantly very surprised and very intrigued by the fact that, you know, Gabe was able to sue the little town of Moscow in Idaho. Uh, and if anybody knows anything about Idaho, it's a very uh, freedom-oriented state. They call it a red state in the U.S., <clears throat> uh, which is to say, you know, believes in, in freedom and limited government and has, has better laws and that's a better place to live overall in California, uh, if, at least if you're not a socialist. And so, but he lives in this small town of, of Moscow, which is the university town in Idaho, and they call it a blue dot in a red sea, which is to say it's a, you know, a place of, of crazy liberalism in a, you know, inside of a sea of freedom. And um, so he's kind of in there with these other pastors and, and doing his thing. And so this is the type of place where, you know, you had to wear a mask outdoors and you sang outdoors and you know, all the COVID uh, crazies would come after you. And this is what happened to him in 2020. He went and uh, he sang, um, you know, like hymns and stuff. He's with some other people outside. He's in the city of Moscow and, um, you know, he's not wearing a mask. And so so they uh, they arrest him and they put him in jail. And, um, you know, I mean, you got to remember, he's out there exercising, you know, in the U.S., similar rights to what we have. They're way stronger, of course. But he's out there exercising his free speech, freedom of religion. He's singing hymns and stuff like that, right? So he gets arrested and uh, complete violation of his rights. And he wins the actual case for, for, for what he was charged with, right, for not distancing and wearing a mask. But then what he does is he turns around and he sues the city, okay, for that violation of his rights. And uh, there's a lot, there's there's a, a settlement here just a couple weeks ago, and he gets three hundred thousand dollars. Now this is not unheard of in the states, but what so what's what's crazy to me, right, is because this is unheard of in Canada, right, and this is what might not occur to the typical average person, and, and that's a problem, and that's part of, part of the reason why we are so much less free, and our system is so much less good than the American system, is that type of thing would be impossible in Canada, right. So in Canada, we're constantly suing the government um, in court, but the judges never uphold our rights. So that's the first problem. <laughs> and the second problem is that if they ever do, um, we can never get any money out of it, right? We, what we can get is nominal charter damages, okay? So you're talking five, ten thousand, right? You're not talking, you're not talking six figures. You're not talking any type of amount that you know the government would even begin to care about. Okay, you're not talking about any kind of amount that would actually um, even begin to pay for the legal expenses for such a case, assuming the lawyer's not working for free. Um, so, you know, there's all these little reasons that nobody knows about, thinks about, and talks about for why it is so difficult now in Canada to hold the government accountable, to enforce our rights, and why our rights are so meaningless, right? There's, there's, there's a lot of reasons. We talk a lot about how the, the, there's, you know, the charter rights are not being upheld in the court, but one reason is that you know, you really can't turn around and sue the government and make a bunch of money um, for those rights violations. And, you know, if you're, if you're one of these few Canadians that follows American news, you hear all the time of these, these settlements or these awards from courts against governments for hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. And those are, those are good things, and they, ha they have an impact, and, they, and, and they, they, they do result in a freer country down there. And, and the fact that we don't have them up here is contributing to the fact that we are a much less free country. And 
Um, so I, I, you know, I'm encouraged by that, and I'm trying to think, well, what could we do in Canada to 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 try to bring that type of thing up here? And um, you know, and of course, always have that barrier of judges that are very pro-government and very anti-individual uh, rights, and sort of you know see their see their role actually as protecting the government, not protecting all these you know uh, lousy rights-loving people that come in front of them challenging the good benevolent government that's trying to make this utopia place. There's always that problem. But, you know, what about at least the legal arguments we can make? What about the types of claims and cases we can make, right? So in Gabe's case, he did not do what lawyers call tort, which is to say he, he, he didn't actually sue, um, at least in my understanding, he, he didn't sue the government for committing a tort. I'm going to explain what a tort is. He just sued for a violation of his rights, of his, of his constitutional rights, okay? And there's a, there's a difference between suing and tort and suing for a violation of your rights. And... Um, so what you could do in, in Canada, this tort does actually exist, is you can go and, and you can go to court and you can say, I want to sue this government official personally. Okay? And I'm not going to sue the government as an entity. I'm not going to sue the crown as an entity. I'm going to sue this government official as a person because they abused their office. They abused their authority. Okay. And this tort is called misfeasance. You probably, maybe you've heard of that. So in this, the whole idea of this, of this tort, why it exists, is so that you can hold a government official personally liable if they, if they abuse their authority, right? It's, it's supposed to be a further check on the exercise of government authority, right? Because, I mean, if people are totally immune and, you know, it's just going to come out of taxpayers' money if they screw up and abuse their authority, um, then, you know, there's, there's, there's less incentive to not abuse your authority. Right. And so that that's that's a way that if, if you can actually convince a judge to do that, you can, you know, first of all, really put a chill factor on on government officials abusing their authority, which has been a huge problem the last three years, um, because, you know, now they're now they're personally liable. They're being personally named and being personally held accountable. It's also a way you can collect money. Right. Because the whole idea with torts is that, OK, I was wronged. I was harmed. I need to be compensated the way the law compensates me is with money. Right. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's the same thing as like, if you're just suing battery, right? Somebody punches you. Okay, sure. So the police might go after them again for an assault charge. But, you know, well, what if you, what if you lost 10 grand because you couldn't work? And what if you had to spend 15 grand, you know, reconstructing your broken nose? Well, where's that going to come from? Well, the law says, well, it should come from the guy that punched you in the face. You can sue him in battery because that's a battery. His battery is the tort of unwanted touch. And he's got to pay you that money that you, that you missed out on. And you can quantify things like, um, you know, being deprived of a government service or whatever, right? You can, you can quantify those things. And so you can go to, I know you got a question. I'm going to let you go. Um, you, you, you can quantify um, being abused by a government official. You can actually quantify that and say, I think it's worth this much money. I think they committed this tort of abuse of, of public authority. And I, and I want this much money because this is, this is what, you know, this, this is the quantification and money of what I, of the harm that I suffered. And, um, I, we have a case in which I think we can and we should do that to try to hold a government official accountable and um, to actually do it through, through um, hopefully getting um, some money. Not for the sake of getting the money, of course, but because of what the money represents, right? The accountability. Okay, that's what it's all about. You got a question? Yeah. So it was actually just an observation. 
it's 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 the, the observation james that i you know ironically what happened during covid is that the government used this very tactic against the citizenry because the fines for you know for for violating um, a mandate were so outrageous so you can get up to a year in jail and get up to two, get up to $100,000 in fine in penalties if you went to church with too many people and so the government knows this tactic they understand how to keep people accountable and yet there's no or or there's very few ways for the citizenry to do that to the government and that's that's a really sad case for canadians and 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 if you just use that example how many canadians change their behavior completely simply because of the fear of punishment um and when the opposite doesn't happen when the government is playing with other people's money there's no personal skin in the game there's no uh sense of of recourse then you just see a government get bigger and bigger get and bigger reach further and further and further and the ideas of justice become more and more twisted to serve personal needs and so i'm a, i'm agreeing with you that it's 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 great that in the united states we see these things happening and liberty coalition canada needs to help the possibility of these things growing the these things happening in canada because of government's uh, incredibly uh, far reach and because they they use the tactic against the citizens so with all that being said james let's uh let's talk about this case that you uh, are are thinking about you're proposing and we are I I believe we we're asking our listeners for a direct partnership on this and um we, we know that we we've come back we've come back to our listeners quite quite a bit but th this is our our main area to to give people information about this and um so that means if you've already given and, and you've blessed us, you know, go find someone else who's ready to give to this. And James, I want you to now explain why you think we have an opportunity to uh, go and, and utilize tort law in the way that we're talking. Okay, so I didn't hear everything you said, so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess and I'm gonna um, try to fill in the gaps. Um, so I'm gonna announce the case that that we're thinking of, and I'm also gonna say. You know what we what we need and want from supporters in order to get it off the ground. So uh, the case involves our good friend Josh Alexander. And uh, by the way, we're we're waiting for a decision from the courts um, on whether or not uh, we're going to get what we need in order to appeal uh, Josh's suspensions. And this is several months down the road now. Unfortunately, because the law moves slow. Um, but um, everybody will recall the fact that he was kicked out of school way back in January and February, and we want to actually appeal those suspensions to the school board trustees. And but we had to get over a procedural hurdle that, that the uh, the school board erected um, to prevent those appeals, and uh, we had to go to court, which was delayed. And I've been waiting two two months for a decision from the judge, but the judge did say to me that she should have her decision to me by the end of the month, which is in a few days. Um, so we'll probably have another update on that. But um, in the meantime, <clears throat> uh, 
some of you may know if you follow Josh on Twitter, he went to his or he tried to go to his little brother's graduation. Now, of course, nowadays we have graduations for all different grades or when you leave middle school or whatever. So he's got a little brother that's leaving middle school. And so there's a middle school graduation. And so he's sort of taken off the activist hat um, and he's going with his family to 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 watch his uh, his little brother's graduation. You know, I mean, of course, we all have these moments when we're just trying to be if you're if you're someone like me or Josh and you have this public uh, profile, you're, sometimes you just want to be nobody. You just want to be a private person just going about their business. You want to go buy something at the store. You want to go watch a concert. You want to go watch your brother graduate from, from middle school, whatever, right? And um, sometimes that can be hard to do. Josh shows up with his, uh, with his other brother. And, you know, as Josh does, he's wearing a Save Canada hat. And, and he doesn't just wear this when he speaks or when he's, you know, being an activist, he just, he wears it literally as a hat just all the time, normally. So uh, he's wearing his hat. He goes in to the graduation. And lo and behold, you got to remember, this is the little grade eight graduation. Okay. There's not that many people there, um, probably 50 people or so. Um, it's not a big event. Okay. There's a lot of these going on. Not a big deal. Okay. The superintendent for the school board is there. And not only is she there, she has a security detail with her. Now think about this for a second. Little grade eight graduation. There is no security at these events. Okay. Nor should there be, right? It doesn't make any sense. We all know that. But the superintendent's there with security. Josh comes in and she, and the superintendent says to Josh, of course, she's very rude. I've seen, I've seen the whole video. She's very rude. But she says to him, you got to remove that hat. And Josh clarifies, he's like, well, okay, hold on. Is it, is it because we're not allowed to wear hats? Because, I mean, I do see some people not, I see some people wearing hats. Like, so is it a hat issue? She's like, no, 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 it's not a hat issue. You just can't wear that hat because it says Save Canada on it. And he's like, okay, well, well, well why? What's, what, what's wrong with that? What, what, what part of that message do you disagree with? And of course, of course, she refuses to answer. She will not answer. Right? She will not say why she disagrees with that message, how she disagrees with that message. She will not even, she will not even attempt to answer. Right? She's so scornful that she will not even begin to give an answer as to why she disagrees with the message, Save Canada. Now, obviously, Save Canada means a little bit, something a little bit different to her than it does to us. But let's think about that. Save Canada. Like it, you know, it's not like the hat said something objectively offensive. You know? Like... I mean, you know, it's not like the hat said there are only two genders, which I mean, which is true, but maybe actually would offend some some people who have a, a, a weird view of the world. It said, save Canada. <laughs> I mean, who can't get behind that? We all have different ideas of what that means, right? But who can't get behind that? Okay. So, so she says, no, if you can't take off that hat, you have to leave. Okay. He says, well, I'm not going to take off the hat. It's my hat. You know, it says save Canada on it. And um, so then, then Josh engages with the security guard and, and just out of respect for everybody in the whole situation, but not willing to compromise his, his convictions, um, he actually, he leaves. Okay. So he misses his brother's graduation because the superintendent, okay, decides to preemptively go to this graduation, bringing security so that she can do exactly what she did. Okay. She never should have been there. Security shouldn't have been there. It should have been a simple little grade eight graduation that Josh should have been at. And none of this should have happened, right? So, you know, 
you have to obviously begs the question, why? Why would the superintendent show up with security at, at this graduation? Well, clearly she knew that Josh's little brother was there and she went with, with the intent to do something like what she did, which is absolutely despicable, okay? You wanna talk about the abuse of your authority as a government official, right? You go and you use taxpayer dollars to get a security team and you go to an event that you never should have been at because it's just a little piddly grade eight graduation. Not, not to belittle that. I mean, I, I know it was a big deal to Josh's little brother. I'm sure it was to every little, every other grade eight kid who graduated that day, right? But, but for, in the grand scheme of things, right? Superintendents don't go to these things, okay? And they don't bring security to these things, and they, and, and, and it's wrong. It's, it's unacceptable for them to bring security to these things so that they can exclude people that they politically disagree with. It's absolutely despicable, okay? I mean, it is, it's third world country kind of stuff, right? Which, I mean, that's the problem, right? Canada's becoming a third world country because, and again, not to insult third world countries, okay? But, but um, in other places in the world where they're still trying to figure out how to organize their societies, God bless them, um, you know, they, they don't have that um, solid of a foundation of the rule of law yet. I mean, it took Western society, you know, thousands of years and a lot of a lot of blood and sweat and tears to get that. That's not an easy thing to get in a sinful fallen world where, where anarchy and tyranny tend to reign. That's a hard thing to get. So in third world countries, they're still trying to get that. And so you get corruption. You get abuse of authority, right? This is what you get. And and so Canada's, you know, sort of reached its zenith as, as an organized society and is now sliding back down into that type of banana republic type place where government officials can just, you know, bring security wherever they go and say, you're out of here, you're out of here, you're out of here, right? And, and, and so this is why people should be, should be upset and concerned because that's, that's, this, this is an indication of what Canada is becoming, okay? So, um, so the question is, well, what, what can or what does Josh do about this, right? Does he just shrug it off as no big deal? I missed my brother's graduation. I mean, it's sad, but, you know, there's pictures and whatever, right? And, um, but it is a big deal, right? You can imagine, you can imagine thinking about this, right? If you're, imagine if you're a parent, right? Or imagine if it was a grade 12 graduation and it was your, it was your twin brother. And it was just, you know, like, this is like a, this is like a life milestone. It's a big deal. And right. If they can kick Josh out of his little brother's grade eight graduation, then they can kick other people out of other people's graduations. Go ahead. Yeah. Imagine if it, and ima imagine if there was no hat. Like imagine if it was just simply, I know who you are, which, which, which it really is about that. It, you know, it would be like you going to go to Costco and someone saying, mm -hmm. you can't come in here. Why? Because I'm the security guard. It I can is. do what I want. And uh, I don't like you. This this goes directly against uh, freedom of association and freedom of mobility law. It go, yeah, it goes against a lot of things. Um, <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, I mean, ob obviously free speech, though, right? Because um, it's, it's saying, look, we don't like what you said, so you can't come in here, right? I mean, one of the one of the one of the fundamental ideas of free speech is if you say a message that a particular government official or, or government as a whole doesn't approve of, you are still treated equally under the law by that government, okay? And so you know you don't have free speech anymore when, when you express a message and the government says in response to that, get out of our buildings, you're not allowed in here, um, you know, you can't have this service, um, you can't use your bank, 
you can't do this stuff. Okay, that's that's how you know you no longer have free speech when when the government can, in response to a message that you communicate that they don't like, they can penalize you or exclude you. Okay, and, and that's what and happened. Again, so we, it's a free speech violation, right? So go ahead. Sorry, James. I was just going to ask you. Uh, in this situation, people tend to look at Josh and go, he must be someone who loves controversy. He must be somebody who just likes to stir the pot. Why can't you just go along to get along? And so they want to see Josh not make the recording of this official. They want to see Josh turn around, take his hat off, put it on the seat in his car and go back and sit down because of the the confrontational aspect of of saying look i i'm i'm free to be here and, and again there are we've talked about this we talk about this every time we talk about free speech there are limits to free speech there are limits there are legal limits where you you, you can't go in there and you, you can't be wielding a knife and threatening people's lives and saying i demand to be here uh, you can't be a felon and have escaped from prison and demand that you just go into a place and sit and talk freely with whomever you want. There are limits to free speech. We are talking about a young man wearing a benign hat called Save Canada. And the only very well, this could have been a situation where it had where there was no object to manifest, no little scapegoat object to manifest Oh, it's because of that. This could have very reasonably be been, you know what? You're a young punk. You got arrested at another school. We just don't like you. You're out. And and if people don't want to give a, a, a pushback now because they, they don't like confrontation and they misunderstand uh, righteous confrontation, righteous warning for uh, being obnoxious, I again want to remind you that so many of us live this world with the blessing of a father and a mother and of siblings and other individuals in our lives who have all throughout our lives stepped in to give defense when defense is needed. Oh, yep. I understand that's my child and I understand they did that, but your reaction is too strong. And right now, the government has nobody to push back on them. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's you know, just take the shot. Just put on the mask. Just do what you're told. It's no big deal. It's just a hat, right? And, and maybe people are tired of hearing this from people like me over the last three years. It never stops there. You know, it, it, tyranny is insatiable. It never stops with something that is seemingly trivial. And... um that's why it's why it is a big deal to say, no, I'm not going to take off the hat because if I, if, if you can make me take off the hat, then what else can't you make me do? Right. And, um, God bless, uh, Josh, you know, he didn't make a huge scene. He didn't take off the hat and sit down, which would have been the wrong thing to do. Okay. He left, right. He made a choice. I think a sacrificial choice to say, well, I want to be here for my brother's graduation. I know my brother wants me to be here. But what's actually worse for me and for him and for everybody else is if I compromise my convictions and I take off the hat just this one time so that I can see my brother's graduation. Right. And so so he so he left. He didn't take off the hat. OK, so what's the response to this? Do we sue for a free speech violation? Sure. I think we should. 
um, the one right that, that the courts in this country, the one charter right that the courts in this country seem to care about for everyone, you've often heard me talk about how charter rights are dead. They're not if you're, if you're woke and you're fighting for some woke cause. But if you're a normal Canadian, dare I say if your skin is white in Canada, and I, this is an issue, this is becoming an issue now because, of course, we know about what happened with that principle in Ontario in the struggle session. And this, this was happening before this, but now it's really starting to get, get, into, get into the light. Dare I say, if you're, if you're a white, English-speaking Canadian, we don't normally have access to hardly any of the charter rights anymore, unfortunately. Of course, nobody talks about this, right, because we're not candid in this country. And so nobody, nobody, nobody's going to admit the offensive thing I just said. But, but it's, 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 it's been a reality for a while, and it's going to get worse, I think, before it gets better. Free speech, though seems to be the one right in the charter left that, that is still alive and accessible to everybody, regardless of your skin color or how woke you are or what gender you are or any like, anything like that. So thank God, I hope, I hope that it doesn't die. And so I do think we should sue for, free, for a free speech violation. I mean, I, th I think it's pretty obviously it is a free speech violation. I think we should go after that. I think we, I think we might actually win on that. Even though it's Josh Alexander, I think the court might actually say, hey, we still actually do believe in free speech for everyone, equality under the law, free speech. But <clears throat> I think we need to go further. I think we need to sue in tort. I think we need to sue privately. I think we need to sue this person, this superintendent for what she did. She abused her authority. She abused her public office, okay? She used and abused her authority to be there with security and to, and to, and to use that security to force him out, right? She, would she have been able to violate his free speech if she wasn't in that position of government authority with those resources, with those, with that power, with, with that taxpayer money? No, she wouldn't have been able to do that, right? So I think the right thing to do here is, is to go after her and to say, look, you committed the tort of misfeasance. You abused your office for an ulterior motive, an improper motive, the motive of, of kicking this person out because you don't like his message. And of, and, of, and of violating his free speech and, and messing with his family. And by the way, of course, you got to remember, right, this is the superintendent of the school board who has suspended both of his parents, okay? Both of his parents are teachers in the school board where his little brother's graduating, okay? They don't like them because they're Josh Alexander's parents, okay? So they've, they've, um, they've suspended both of them. We don't know what's going to happen with them yet. And then there may be lots of litigation there, but they've, they've suspended them, which we always suspected may happen. Um, so it's the same woman who's making these decisions, the superintendent to, 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 uh, to, um, suspend his parents. Okay. So there's clearly a, some sort of personal familial vendetta there. Okay. This is exactly the type of scenario where people need to stand up and say, look, we're not, we're not just going to sue the government for a free speech violation. Okay. We're going to sue you because you abused your office and we're going to sue you in tort. And we're going to hold you personally accountable for what you did. And that's the case that I'm proposing. And that's, that's what I think we should go after here. And that's what I'm asking people to support and, and get behind is this misfeasance tort case, okay, where we, where we actually sue the woman involved. So what does that mean? Well, that means, look, litigation costs money. This is why hardly anybody does it in our country. Um, it's difficult. It's expensive. Um, it's way more expensive than trying to do political change, for example, which is a good endeavor, obviously. Um, but that, and that's expensive, but it's actually cheaper than litigate. Okay. So what I'm 
you know, I was asked, what, what's, what's the number that I think is prudent for it, for us to get this case off the ground? I, I think it's 15,000. If we have 15,000, I think I can prudently say, look, let's, let's launch this case and hope and pray and expect for the rest of the money to come in if we need more than that to go through with this case. But we need, we need 15,000 to get it off the ground. And so that's what I'm asking for, from, for those who um, support our work, for support this, support Josh, realizes the importance of this case, um, is to help donate and, and support this financially so we can get our $15,000 in our coffers and get this case moving. As you know, the Liberty Coalition Canada has a lot of cases now. We're doing a lot of good work. Um, it costs money. And uh, if we're going to launch this one, we need people, we need people to, uh, to get behind us and support us so that we can, uh, we can see it through the long, uh, in the long haul. And uh, I'm excited about it. I think, um, I think, I think this, is, uh, this is a good opportunity that, that we, should not, uh, we should not miss out on. And we didn't go looking for this case. this case. This case came looking for us. And it's a good opportunity. I don't think we should pass up. So I encourage people to, uh, to seriously consider if they can, if they can support this. James, I know that Josh has released um, a video on Twitter of this interaction between him and the superintendent, and um, it's it seems like a, a fairly damning video. Um, it, it recalls a number of things that uh, that you've referenced here. Is, is that the whole video, uh, or? Uh, it, we're, we're, you know, do we have all the information for the case or, or, or how does that work moving forward just uh, about evidence and, and things like that? So uh, Josh did take, I think, six or seven minutes worth of video. The interaction didn't last that long. I've seen the entire video. I'm pretty sure what's available on Twitter is a truncated version of that. So I don't know if anybody besides Josh and I and maybe his, his uh, close associates have seen the whole thing. I think they've seen, just seen snippets of it. But I've, I've seen the whole thing and, you know, I think it, I think it, we will release it to the public. I think it should be if we launch the case. Um, but I think probably the most important parts are, are what's available to the public on the, on the, on the Twitter video, right? I mean, there's this conversation between him and her where she, she really, she, she totally says, oh, no, it's, it's not about the fact that you're wearing a hat. It's about what the hat says. And you take the hat off because of what it says or you don't sit. And uh, which is which is it's, a, it's an unlawful. It's a, she does not have the authority, nor should she ever have the authority, um, to say to him, "Take off that hat because I don't like the message, the benign message on there." Or you can't watch your brother's graduation, and if you don't listen to me, I have security here to enforce what I say. Um, totally, totally inappropriate. But that, but that much is available on the video, and eventually, you know, you'll see. I think you'll just see a little more of it when we release the video. Eventually, if we if we launch the case. But, you know, thank God he, he did. He, he captured that video. I mean, there's really nothing she can do to say, well, I said something different, right? Because that'll be the evidence in the case. It won't be his word against her word. It'll be his word in the video, which establishes exactly what was said by her. And I think, I think what was said by her, um, I think it meets the legal test for establishing this tort of, uh, of misfeasance. I don't like living in this world where, you, where young people feel compelled to videotape in order to establish evidence. But, you know, that would be my advice. If you're, if you're, if you're a young adult and somebody is, uh, abusing their authority, you get out that cell phone and you make sure you capture it. And, you know, I was just speaking to a young woman this week who was in a conversation with a teacher and, and the teacher said, you need to, you need to write an essay on one of these three different topics 
and you have to accept one of these three views. And the student said, look, I'll do the hard work. I will understand all of those views, but I, I, I disagree with that view. I, I will not write in an, uh, in an affirmative voice about that view. I, I, you know, there was a science class. It was a matter of discussion, a matter of, of data and debate. And the teacher outright said, look, even if you, um, even if you demonstrate a comprehensive knowledge of all of the theories that I have taught, if you propose another theory that I disregard, I will give you a zero. This is a, this young woman at our, at our worldview leadership Academy. And I was sitting with her, James. And I said, you, you know, when you're in that situation, next time you just got to record her because th this is, this is just a, 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 a total yeah. abuse of oversight. It, it's a, it's a, it's a, it, we're not talking about a young adult being rebellious. We're not talking about a young adult saying, I don't want to do the work. We're, we're saying there is a view of creation. There is a view of nature here that I, I do not accept scientifically what you are scientifically proposing. And I would like to build a scientific case for my model. Nope. You cannot do that or you'll get a zero. Can you, James, this, it, it, it's just ridiculous. If I had a student said, look, I, I want to disagree with you, but I'm going to build my evidence. I would welcome that even if I was just waiting to try to build my case again against them. Like this is what reasoning and this is what conversation and this is what dialoguing in a, in a civil yep. free society is about. So these are, this is an important case, James. Um, we need to, we need to be having more of this in Canada. Um, if, if we're ever going to hold the government accountable, if ever going to bring this back to a society that's actually equal, uh, that actually has the rule of law and, um, you, you have access to it, even if you're, you know, a, a white principal, uh, and, and not some, you know, black woman getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to tell white people that they're racist. Um, we, 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 you know, it's funny. I, I've said this and people, people that I just don't think they get it. You lose freedom. You also lose equality, right? Canada with its socialist, you know, addiction, they're just driving after equality, which Okay, equality is not necessarily a bad thing per se. There is there is good things about equality. I'll admit that. You constantly hear me, equality under the law. There is good things about equality. The path to equality is freedom. It's not tyranny. It's not oppression. It's not more government power. It's not more taxes. It's freedom. It's how you get there. And in fact, what you will get in 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 in, in your drive for equality without freedom for those that you don't want to be as equal as you is you will get tyranny and you will get favoritism and you will get inequality and you will get no more rule of law because you, you can't have it. And, and you'll get exactly what we're getting where if you're not the right person because of your characteristics, not because of your merit, not because of your character, not because of your skills and abilities, but because you got the right genitals or you got the right skin color or you got the right political views, that's why we'll hire you, right? Um, that's where we're heading explicitly. The government's explicit about this. Universities are explicit. This position is if you're native or a woman or uh, what do they call it now? A woman of color or if you're this, not if you're got the right skills or whatever. And, you know, this, this, this is all, this case with Josh Alexander is all wrapped up with this, right? 
it's 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 we're 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 destroying freedom, and so we're losing our equality and our rule of law because that's a necessary that's a necessary outcome. That's necessarily what happens. They all go together. How you get how you maintain the rule of law and achieve your equality is maintaining and advancing your freedom. They all go together, right? You can't separate them out, right? Freedom is not in the way of you arriving at your equal society that's ruled by the rule of law. It's it's the path to it. And we're going to try and get that back in Canada. We're going to be an unfree, unequal, lawless society. That's the path we're on. we got to reverse it. James, you've reminded uh, us many times that uh, tyranny comes one paper at a time, and um, we really appreciate all of the work that you're doing, folks. Uh, this one's on you, and what I mean by that is we, we we are going to wait until we can faithfully follow through in order to initiate this case. You know that we're interested in it. This is a shot fired across the bow this is a this is a this is actually a pre-warning which means that um uh there's going to be a legal team on the other side and so we want to wait until we're confident that we are able to um support james uh by representing uh joshua all the way through this case so would you please uh, get interested in the case, listen to the case, share this podcast with other Christians, please. So many people are still saying, you guys have a podcast. You're talking about this, share this podcast with 30 people and ask them to each give 200 bucks. Um, let's really crowd fund this case so that we can hold the Canadian government accountable. So James and I have had a few uh, video issues because of my uh, my being in a remote location, but I think we've covered this and James, I'm really happy that you're able to explain all this for everybody. I can't wait to have you back on the show when you come out of the courtroom next, everybody, James and I have agreed that we're going to try not just have James on once a month, whenever he leaves a courtroom, he's going to come out and the next day we're going to shoot a podcast about what's been going on because these legal matters are so important. Thank you for listening. Give us a five-star rating. Like I just said, said, share this podcast with 30 people who uh, want to defend freedom and don't want tyranny to come in Canada. Uh, you know what? Share it with a few people who want tyranny to come. Like, let's get this video out so people know this situation beyond the, uh, you know, the, the, the current uh, listenership. We need your help. We want to really represent Josh in this way. Thank you so much for listening and Godspeed.